0: Those that have a pure heart are guided by God. Those that have a pure heart have direction from God. Those that are guided by God have the love of God and the knowledge of God and the grace of God. To those that have a pure heart. So it's important that we not only look to God, but we ask Him to speak to our hearts and give us a pure heart.
1: Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Roll Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Thanks so much for joining us today as Roll continues our Sermon on the Mount study with a look at what it means to be pure in heart. You'll see that while God doesn't expect absolute perfection, He does want us to pursue righteousness and commit to obedience. Stay with us for a challenge to evaluate your heart before the Lord, choosing obedience in your relationship to Him. Here's Raul with today's lesson.
0: If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 8. The title of my message, Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the pure in heart. Jesus begins in chapter 5a by saying, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Now, the nature of purity... It's a refined heart. When you think of the heart, think how Jeremiah the prophet said, The heart is deceitful, desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, know your hearts. Out of the heart comes almost every evil thing that comes out of our mouth. Everything that we can say from our heart to our mouth can destroy people's characters. It can destroy so many people in so many ways that it's important for us to understand that if we really watch our words, and and I'm guilty of it too, that it's important that we understand that God wants to bless His church. God wants to bless every individual person. But without purity of heart, we're just like the world. And Jesus has been speaking to His disciples, not to the crowds of people. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And I think that it's very important that as we want to see not only God, that we must distinguish the various kinds of purity that are given to each one of us individually in the Word of God. For example, number one, there's a primitive purity which, in God's original plan and essentially is in light of the Son of God. Who's the example? Jesus he is our example and holiness is the glory of the godhead glory and holiness of the godhead secondly there is a created purity and that created purity is holiness in the angels and was once in adam until adam fell into sin in heaven as the father is sitting on the throne In the book of Revelation, we see holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. In the prophet Isaiah chapter 6, holiness unto the Lord. And Jesus said, be you holy as I am holy. So if God is asking and requiring holiness, then why is the church not holy today? There is an evangelical purity that is given to us in the scriptures. That is, where the study of God's word, there is purity in recognizing and knowing that God intends to give me a pure heart if I obey his word. But you see, a problem that we have today is the disobedience of God's word. People are so disobedient today. Some by a pure heart understand chastity and others' sincerity. But then there are those that don't understand the word of God. So what do they do? They continue to defend themselves. They continue to grieve God and the Holy Spirit. And then how can we expect God to really do something in my life or as a group of people or as a church to really see God move in a powerful way completely? Let me give you some negative things about an evil heart. Number one, a heart of adultery. Think about that. A heart of adultery. You're walking down the street, there's beautiful girls walking down the street, you look at her, you get your backs back, and you continue moving, that's not lusting in your heart, and commit adultery. It's when you look, and you continue to look, and pretty soon you desire that woman, like David, coming out to his palace, and looking down from his porch, you know, looking down at 'er Beersheba. Then he desired her and he brought her up and he lay with her and got her pregnant. And think of how many within the churches sit every Sunday, I'm talking about leaders, pastors, deacons, elders, and the congregation that continue at work or wherever it is in an adulterous relationship with someone. Having an adulterous heart. Matthew 5, 28, Jesus said, but I say unto you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. In his heart. Nothing wrong with looking is when you begin to covet. You begin to, you know, in your mind to want. That's what makes you sin. Secondly, how about a heart where the seed of fear is? Fear within the heart. Again Isaiah says, Say to those who are fearful hearted. Be strong. Do not fear. Behold your God will come with vengeance. He says, And with recompense O God. God wants us not to fear. But to trust in Him. And to be honest. And then listen. Thirdly, the seed of hatred. I know about that one for sure. How about you? Hatred. Husbands hate their wives, or wives hate their husbands, or children hate their mothers and fathers, whatever it is. You hate your job, you hate your boss, you hate your employees, whatever it is. Hatred is in the seat of the heart. Listen, Leviticus 19, 17. You shall not hate your brother in your heart. You shall surely rebuke your neighbor and not bear sin because of him. So the nature of hatred in the heart And then how about this one? The seed of pride. The seed of pride in our hearts. Proverbs 16, 5. Everyone proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Think of all the pride that people have in the world today. And a lot of people here today. That was the sin that Satan fell through pride. He fell from heaven. One-third of the angels rebelled against him. Very proudful. And they were kicked out of heaven. And think of all the pride we find today among athletes. Especially if God has blessed you or you have more than others, you can become pretty proudful. And yet God is the one who has given that to you. Whatever it is, we should be humble instead of proudful. Thanking God for what he's done in our lives. And then how about the fifth one, the seed of rebellion? In the heart, the seed of rebellion, Jeremiah 5.23. He says, but these people have a defiant and rebellious heart. They have revolted and departed. Speaking to Israel, Jeremiah. He says, these people, again, he says, have a defiant and rebellious heart. And what have they done? They departed from God. And then how about the next one, sixth one? This is a pretty heavy one, the seed of lust, lusting in your heart. He says in Romans 1, 24, therefore, God also, he said, gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves. He's talking about homosexuals and lesbians. Gave them over to their own hearts. When you go back into the 40s, 50s, and 60s, man, when we were in school, you never heard about anybody being homosexual or lesbian. Never. You never heard on TV or radio. But look at today, you know, 50 years later, how much things have changed, liberality and freedoms for people to be in bondage and on their way to hell. On their way to hell, lust, The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, John said. And then how about this one, seventh? The seed of deception. The heart, the seed of deception. Jeremiah 79. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind. Even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. So if we have a good heart, then we're going to reap what? Good things. But if we have an evil heart, we are in trouble. We are in trouble. I can understand the world having an evil heart, but what about the church? What about us? I mean, 2 Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if any man is in Christ Jesus, all things are passed away. Behold, all things have become brand new. We've been given a new nature. A nature that has brought us out of darkness into the light. From disobedience unto obedience in the kingdom of God. But the problem a lot of times is people don't read their Bibles. They don't study the Bible. They don't pray. They don't fellowship with people that are right on. And we need to have not only communion with God, but communion with others that are going to help us. Parents that care for their children, discipline their children when they do something wrong, to teach them when they grow up and be teenagers and young adults, they'll do the same with their husbands and wives and their children. But the church has really failed, and that's why the world can't believe our testimony. Seriously, they can't.
1: You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. We'll hear more from Raul in just a moment.
0: first time I read the Sermon on the Mount, I was blown away by it. I realized and I learned that we are all called to be salt in this earth and we are to be a preservative to this world that is dying. Christ has placed us in this world to be a light, to be a witness of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, We can sometimes forget that we need to stand out from this world and to be set apart We need to actually live the gospel. Otherwise, how can we lead people to the Lord? We are called to long-suffering, to prayer, to forgiveness. And we are called to know the purpose God has for our lives. And to be in God's perfect will so that we can complete the work He has called us to do. Allow this book, Sermon on the Mount, to minister and transform your life the same way it did my life.
1: To get your copy of Rawls' new book, Sermon on the Mount, visit SomebodyLovesYou.com. Now, back to more of today's message.
0: Let me give you now the pure of heart. Number one, believers' heart has to be pure. Listen, he who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol nor sworn deceitfully. That's talking about us. And then, secondly, think about this the believer's mind. What shall my mind be like as a believer? What is in my heart to my mind? Listen, Romans 12.1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and do not be conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Will of God. Being aligned with the perfect will of God in my life. So that I can please Him fully and completely. I don't want to be rebuked by God. I want God to love me. I want God to bless me. So the conscience is very important. And how about this one? The believer's body. Hebrews ten twenty two. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with Pure water. Pure water, the word of God. The word of God cleanses my mind and my heart. If I don't spend time in the word, there's no cleansing power. And then the reasons for purity, a pure soul is cast into a mold of holiness. I like that. Into a mold of holiness. Holiness is a blood that runs through our veins. Through our veins, holiness unto the Lord. When Isaiah the prophet in chapter 6, the Lord came to him. He says, Isaiah, before I can use you, we have to clean your heart. And he said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holiness unto the Lord. If you want God to use your life, then holiness unto the Lord. There has to be a purity of heart in my heart. Purity of heart does not exclude purity of life. And they said, no more than pureness of a fountain, excluding the pureness of a stream, of a stream. It's like somebody said, I think it was uh, McLaren said, that any fish can flow downstream, but a real fish, real fish has to swim, what, against the currents of that stream. We, the Christians, do not flow with the world. We want to go against the world, against the world. Because it's really often that we say to people, is your heart in pureness of life? And yet people can boast about being pure. You've seen them, I've seen them. And yet if we don't have a pureness of heart, then what's going to happen to us when Jesus returns? And we're going to have to stand in the presence of the Lord. And if we go up in the rapture of the church, we'll have to stand at the my seat of Christ. And I think what will our heart demonstrate when we stand before God to check our motives, our motives within our hearts. Why did you do this? Why did you do this? And then people that I think about is a non-believer. When they stand before God at the white throne judgment and the books are open and whoever's name was not found written is cast into the lake of fire. With the devil with hell, antichrist, false prophet, every demon, and death. Forever and ever and ever and ever. So we need to have purity of life. Purity is I think, called in the scriptures. Listen, in First 1 Peter 1.16. Because it is written in the old, Be you holy, for I am holy. So purity is for those who are pure in heart and are interested in the covenant of God's grace. Of God's grace, listen, second 2 Peter 2:22. 2, but it has happened to them according to the true proverb, a dog returns to his own vomit, and a pig, having been washed, notice, returns to its mire or to the mud. Think of what Peter's saying there. You come to Jesus Christ, He cleanses you and washes you, and then like the dog, what do you do? You vomit and then you eat your own vomit again. Or like the pig. You take him up in your home, you put him in the bathtub, you fill up with bubbles and the whole thing. Scrub him down and then dry him up. And the moment you release him, where does he go? Back to the mud. Back to the mud. We're not supposed to do that. We have been transformed. We have regenerated by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thirdly, how about the purity that was called by the Lord before the foundations of the world as God spoke about it. Listen, Ephesians 1, four. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Holiness of life with a pure heart. Holiness. And the word holy means set apart. Have you set yourself apart to God? Not only here when you're home by yourself. Wherever you go, is there holiness in your life? And then how about the word pure? Again, which is a synonym. It means unfeigned. Unfeigned heart. 1 Timothy 1.5. Now the purpose of the commandment is love from a pure heart, from a conscious or a good conscience, and from a sincere faith given to us. And then 2 Timothy 2.22 Flee also youthful lusts, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace. Notice, with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart, not an evil heart, a pure heart. And then again, he says in 1 Peter 22, let me read again. He says, you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit of sincere love of the brethren. Love one another fervently with a pure heart. All the way through the scriptures, he talks about a pure heart. And there are not only sincere people, many of them, men who think, speak, and act without hypocrisy, and then on the other side, you have the hypocrites. The hypocrites. They speak like they're righteous, but they're unrighteous. Unrighteous in their lives. Now, we can see without doubt that sincerity, honesty, is the condition of being without guile. And is not only the pure of heart, but is the one that is close to the heart of God. Close to the heart of God because of what he's done in our lives. Psalm 73, 24 says, You will guide me with your counsel and afterwards you'll receive me to glory. Those that have a pure heart are guided by God. Those that have a pure heart have direction from God. Those that are guided by God have the love of God and the knowledge of God and the grace of God to those that have a pure heart. So it's important that we not only look to God, but we ask him to speak to our hearts and give us a pure heart. Again, remember when Jesus was there in Samaria and he was by the well, the disciples went to get lunch. A woman came up to the well and Jesus said to her, give me a drink of water. And she said, well, the well is 100 feet deep and I have nothing to draw the water from. And then Jesus began to share with her, go call your husband. And then she said, no. She said, you've had five husbands and the one you're living together with right now is not your husband. And she said, are you a prophet? And then Jesus began to share with her. In John 4, 24, Jesus said this, those that worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. And the word truth means God has to be real in your life. Real in each one of our lives here today. He cannot be somebody else. He has to be real in our lives. This is why Galatians 5.22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, longsuffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Ephesians 4.32 32. It says, And be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ Jesus forgave you. Ephesians 5.1 Therefore be imitators of God as dear children. Philippians 2.1 Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection of mercy... Fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem other better than himself, and let each of you look out not for yourself only, but also for the interests of other people. That is true Christianity. Philippians 4a, finally, my brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble... Whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Notice the things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace will be with each one of us individually if we do what Jesus Christ says.
1: We hope today's teaching has inspired you to stay in close communion with God as you seek His righteousness and allow Him to transform your heart. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. To hear today's lesson again, we'll be happy to send you an unedited version for a donation of $5 or more. Just call us at 800-634-9165 and ask for the lesson titled, Blessed are the pure in heart. For further inspiration to live a God honoring life, we encourage you to order a copy of Rawls' new book, Sermon on the Mount. It's a resource that explores more of Christ's guidance for a God honoring testimony, showing you practical ways to combine your faith with your daily decisions. Get in touch with us today to take advantage of our deeply discounted pre order rate of just $12 plus shipping and handling. Visit us online at somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165 and ask for Roll's new book titled Sermon of Sermons. Our number once again is 800-634-9165. To order by writing us, our mailing address is Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. This ministry is made possible because of your prayers and financial support. Your tax-deductible donations help us reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Well, as we continue tomorrow with more on this Sermon on the Mount series, we'll be shown how to choose peace, mercy, and forgiveness in conflict as we honor Christ in our dealings with others. Here's Raul with a closing comment. So the heart is the place where God not
0: only dwells, but this is where all our thoughts are, our motives. And it's really important that before you open your heart or you open your mouth, be careful what comes out of your heart. It can be comforting or it can be cursing. You need to be careful. Those that truly have a great heart for God shall see God, shall see him. That's what he says. Blessed. He says, are thou pure in heart, for they shall see God. They shall see God. I pray this morning that each one of us individually may think on these things, meditate on them, and then make a decision in my life. I am in love with you.
1: This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.